Your new daughter is precious in your sight. She's also precious to God. She's been created, chosen, and redeemed by her Savior. She is the princess of the King. How do we raise godly girls? How do we help them learn that they are fearfully and wonderfully made? And how do we help them grow in faith? Join us today as I visit with Deb Burma, author of Raising Godly Girls. Deb is a sought-after speaker for women and couples events and leadership workshops and has authored numerous books and Bible studies, including Raising Godly Girls. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Deb. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Well, thank you for having me, Kay. Well, it's so nice to have read through your book, um, and I enjoyed it so much. Uh, As we begin, tell our listeners a little bit about your family, and then maybe spend a a few more minutes talking about your daughter, because a lot of the stories come from your life and your daughter's life. Well, thank you, Kay. Yes, well, my family, um, we've enjoyed a lot of adventures living a variety of places. My husband is a second career pastor, so we began our family, my daughter, my little princess, and her twin brother, our first firstborn prince, if we could say, <laughs> both of them, of course. Um, they, were, they are now 22 years old, and uh, their little brother, our final little prince born to our royal family, um, is, uh, is 19 years old. So... Um, my children are all young adults now, and we've just been so richly blessed as the Lord has led us to a variety of locations. My husband now, in his second call as a pastor, has us living in Columbus, Nebraska. My my daughter and her twin brother have both just graduated from college, and my daughter was also just married this summer. Oh, so we've had a, a, a wild and wonderful summer of two college graduations and a wedding. And and you'll notice, yes, I've already alluded to my princesses and, and my prince and and I'm sorry, my princess and my princes, our royal family, whatnot. Because throughout raising godly girls, as God led me to this writing adventure, I was drawn to the kingdom imagery over and over. Our heavenly Father, His Majesty, um, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's awesome. The Prince of Peace, our Savior Jesus Christ, and um, the faith that He calls us to. We um, are so, so richly blessed to raise these children by His grace. And yes, because um, we are His chosen sons and daughters, that's uh, the beauty of comprehending that these beautiful children that we are called to raise are, are His children. We are roi- raising royalty, in a sense. Yeah. And you, you have that uh, throughout your book, and, and I, I love that, and that's why I started out with talking about the fact that... Uh, uh, she is the princess of the king, not a king, but the king. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell us a little bit more about why you wrote the book, Raising Godly Girls. Well, um, the timing was really special. This has really been a transitional time in my life as a mother. Um, as I just alluded to, I've just raised my godly girl. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our memories, are they're, they're so vivid as though they were just made yesterday. But at the, at the same time, I've been able to reflect upon Courtney, my daughter, her childhood years, with the clarity that comes with hindsight, 
And she's been able, um, as she collaborated with me in this, in this project, um, she was able to share openly with me. Now, as a young adult, she could recall the mm-hmm. details, the feelings, the, the faith stories of her growing years. I was also able at this season of my life to walk alongside a lot of other moms. Some of those who are, are you know, they're godly girls, they're little princesses are still growing, um, and some that have even asked me, I, I humbly uh, and gladly received the opportunity to be a mentor mm-hmm. to some young, younger moms. Um, I've been able to glean from them, and some of their stories are shared throughout these pages as well. That's great. Well, your first chapter is entitled Only by Grace, Raising Royalty by the Grace of God. Tell us a little bit about that chapter. That was pivotal for me, to begin the book with this chapter. Overwhelmingly, as I considered this topic, um, and and as I I was hungry to, to jump forward and encourage moms in every aspect that I could think of as they raise godly girls by the grace of God. I, went, I had to take a big step back and say, wait a minute, yes, by the grace of God. We do this only by His mm-hmm. grace. And overwhelmingly, the responses I was hearing as I was interviewing moms, and even my own daughter, is that we as mothers, as daughters, find ourselves tripping over ourselves, tripping over each other, and so often feel paralyzed with fears or worries or concerns that we don't have what it takes to raise godly children, that, that um, our own sins are going to trip us up and, and um, you know, that Satan would, would attempt to get a foothold in that parenting process. And I, I kept coming back to the need to stress to begin and then carry throughout every theme, every chapter of the book, a message of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it is by His saving grace that covers us, the forgiveness we have in Christ Jesus, our Savior, that He fills us, permeates us, and it spills out of us and splashes on to our daughters <laughs> that we can share with them the same grace that we've been given. As we parent, as we raise them, as, we, as they observe us walking our walks um, covered in Christ's grace. Awesome. In that uh, chapter, you tell the story of going on a grocery, uh, going to the grocery store with your children, and I loved it. Do you remember what that is, and could you just share a little bit about what happened in that story? I'd love to. As a young mom, uh, we were living in Texas at the time. In my husband's first career, we were in very warm country, Texas, and that does matter to the story. I had my twin two-year-olds in tow as I attempted yet another trip to the grocery store. In the hot Texas heat, we hurriedly got our groceries there, babbling and carrying on and having a blast, and I'm distracted. I'm flustered. I'm frustrated. I'm having a, a, a mommy moment that was not so good, um, feeling less than, if you will. Well, we jump in our royal carriage, the family minivan, and uh, proceed to take off for home. And in my flustered, distracted state, I had this double take that I was missing something. Mm. I, I turn around and think, yes, the, the children are strapped in. My purse is present. Of course, I have my keys because I'm in the vehicle and we're going down the road. But what was missing? I was almost all the way home when I realized I'd left all the groceries at the store. Our store provided this wonderful, friendly to flustered moms type of service, which was to let you proceed through the drive-through and pick up your groceries. Only I failed to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're almost home, and while this may seem like a minor incident, um, it just added to my feelings of inadequacy that day. 
And in my flustered state, I gasped aloud, uh, proceeded to attempt to turn the car around, and little Courtney, at two and a half years old, sees my, my flustered state and cries out, Mommy, Mommy! It's going to be okay, Mommy, because but Jesus still loves you. <laughs> a very vocal little two-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> Out of the mouths the, of the babes. The first things that came to her heart and mind yeah. Yeah. were the very words I needed to hear. Uh-huh. Jesus still loves you. I wanted to just, you know, pull the minivan to the side of the road, jump out and, and throw my hands in the air, praising God, that the faith of this small child um, was revealed in that moment. You know, she'd heard... She'd seen what, what was the greatest thing that would comfort her dad and me in times of, of upset or, or discomfort mm-hmm. or despair. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's a, that was a great story, and I, <laughs> I, I love it. And, and I think that's one of the things that you see in your book, your uh, openness to, to let people know, you know, life is not always wonderful. Challenges happen in families, kids and parents can be messy. So thank you so much for that. So um, although we could talk a lot more about that chapter, I'm going to go on. Chapter two is entitled Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, A Princess True Identity. And uh, the Bible verse that was in there is Psalm 139, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Talk a little bit about that chapter and some of the things that you share in it. Absolutely. Um, That was a favorite chapter to write. And, And again, I felt that, well, just following the overwhelmingly important theme of grace, we needed to start with a place of identity. Before we delve into any of the what-to-dos and and guidance, let's start with your daughter's very identity, with your very identity. From the first moment you laid eyes on your daughter, and that might have been, uh, you know, the the moment of her birth, it might have been the first time you saw the ultrasound image, Um, maybe she's adopted, and it was the first time you got to see her, a picture of her. Um... You know, that love at first sight that we have is not at all um, defined or conditioned by something that our child has done or how they've performed or even their very appearance. It's, it's, uh, their identity is, is found in the fact that, look at this, this child that the, the Lord has chosen, created, that I am privileged and humbled to raise. We love them merely because they are ours. And, and in our, you know, in our sinfulness and our imperfect ability to love perfectly, we get just a glimpse of God's perfect love, His unconditional, perfect love for us. Um, we are His workmanship, His masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Our identity is found and rooted in the One who made us and calls us His own. Our identity is rooted in Christ, our Savior, um, chosen, redeemed, this is where our identity begins, and our um, our purpose, our value, is not found in our you know, or limited to our appearance, our accomplishments, our personality. Those though these are a beautiful part of who He made us to be for the purposes He has for us, for the purposes He has for our daughters. It, it all still goes back to our de- identity being found in Him, the One who created us the one who calls us by name, the one who adopted us in Christ Jesus to be his sons and daughters. Um, so we have, I have a lot of fun in that chapter with exploring for a mom first her identity, 
mm-hmm. and then that of her daughters. That's great. The unconditional love of Christ. And then exploring gifts and abilities and what that looks like, encouraging your daughter as she's exploring and growing in them uh, into the, the person that God created her to be uniquely. Yeah. Now, you talk a little bit about uh, God-given gifts in there and a story about piano. Can you share a little more about that? Yes. Those are favorite stories of mine. As I, um, They're very personal, but something that I, I believe as my attempt would be with every story, that there's a universal appeal to every mom whose child's story, her story, is unique and different than mine. But the, um, she can say, oh, I get that, I understand that, because this is how that happened with my child. Well, in our case, Courtney, as she was growing and um, exploring and learning what her gifts and abilities were and growing in them, we saw that she had a musical aptitude. She, was, she just loved playing the piano. So years of piano lessons, and yes, there were years in there of, you know, the, the trials at the keyboard and the tears and the perseverance but um, we, we w- w- walked through those years together, and uh, while I share some of that in her growing gifts, one of the things that culminated in that was when she was nearly grown, her senior year of high school, and this was through several, years, several moves and several piano teachers through our, my husband's seminary years and a couple of different calls, Courtney persisted, and her final piano teacher, her senior year of high school, uh, decided to have a recital at a... Um, an assisted living residence, a nursing home, and the families of the students were there, and many uh, residents of the facility were wheeled out or, or carried out, brought out, so they could enjoy this performance. The final piece for the day was a beautiful duo, uh, duet rather, an arrangement of Jesus Loves Me that Courtney and her piano teacher performed together. And as I saw my daughter use this gift that she'd been given, that she'd grown in, as she was using this to the glory of God that day, I witnessed the residents and the families not only taking this in, yes, it's instrumental, but all of a sudden when the chorus hit, I'd been observing a man to the side, an elderly man who'd been wheeled out, and he, he appeared incoherent throughout the entire performance until the recognizable chorus to this really this melodious rendition of Jesus Loves Me. We get to the chorus, and this part becomes very recognizable. Suddenly, the man's entire demeanor changes. He shifts in his seat, rises up, and belts out the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. And um, the parents, the students, their, all the guests, there, were, there was a series of soft guests. Uh, and, and not more, I mean, not a dry eye in the place when we were done. And we saw this, this man's failing memory just really revealed and reopened as he was able to himself be a witness to the rest of us. And all because, and my daughter later shared with tears, how God had used that day the humble gift of music. Mm-hmm impact everybody there. That's awesome. That's awesome. I have some announcements I want to make, and then we'll come back and continue talking about raising godly girls. Lutheran Federal Credit Union is an exceptional provider of financial solutions and products to members of Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate, congregations, and affiliated ministries. Why become a member? 
As a member, you have banking and lending solutions designed with you, your family, our organization in mind. Services include checking, savings accounts, mortgage or refinance loans, chip credit, debit cards, mobile banking, and mobile deposits. Learn how you can serve how they can serve your banking needs at www.lutheranfederalcreditunion.org. Lutheran Federal Credit Union is a Family Shield partner. This quarter's sponsorship underwrites the Family Shield Response Center. Family Shield Ministries' 2016 theme is Go First into the Home, based on Matthew 28. Today's program is designed to help you go into your home. Today, Family Shield is giving away the complimentary booklet, Parenting with Purpose. To receive the booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Don't forget to give your complete name and address. We also are giving away three of Deb's books, Raising Godly Girls, through a special drawing. To register, again, call the Response Center, 877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Don't forget that Family Shield programs can also be heard through the archive page on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com, and you can connect to us through Facebook. You can send prayer requests, program topic suggestions, or a financial gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Now I want to go back to our guest, Deb Burma, in her book, Raising Godly Girls. Before we talk again about the book, I just want to mention to the listeners that it's uh, produced by Concordia Publishing House. So if the listeners wanted to purchase it, they could go to www.cph.org. I understand the book is also available on Amazon.com. Deb, is there anything else you want our listeners to know about how they can get a copy of your book? Um, I think that you've you've done that so beautifully. Yes, cph.org, available through Amazon, available through other distributors like christianbook.com. And um, I'm just so grateful that the Christian Marketplace has really made it widely available. That's wonderful. It is a great book, as our listeners can tell us. We've only talked about two of the chapters, (laughs) and we haven't (laughs) touched on those very much. But because we don't have a lot of time, we're going to keep going. So chapter three is Life in the Word in the Palace, part one, and then you have a part two. Uh, And um, I know you have Deuteronomy. It's one of my favorite uh, verses in there. Well, maybe it's not. the Yeah, it is the same one. For these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. And uh, you kind of talk about that, but you have a lot of other things to share in this chapter, Life in the Word, in the Palace, Part 1. Tell us more about that chapter. Sure. Uh, This, for me, is so hands-on and practical and really a starting place for moms. You know, now that we've 
we've ensured a mom that she's covered in God's grace, and he gives her the ability to cover her daughter in, 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 her, in his grace as well. Um, her, her identity is rooted and found in him. We delve into what life in the Word looks like. As people of faith, um, as we attempt to raise godly girls by God's grace, we are encouraged, we are equipped, first and foremost, by God's Word itself. And so what does life in the Word look like? Yes, I talk about in the palace, and then the next chapter, you know, it, it is the when we're beyond the palace gates or out and about, because truly these verses from Deuteronomy speak to the parents, exhorting them to raise up their children according to the Word of God, that they would teach and talk. Notice when you read that, uh, that you shall teach them diligently, you shall talk of them. Mm-hmm. And when shall you talk at them about them? Uh, for, first of all, the writer says, when you sit in your house. And yes, also when you walk by the way. And I, I like to say, hey, that means when you're at home and when you're not, which mm-hmm. is pretty much mm-hmm. all the time, all the time. Uh, between the two. So at home is such a pivotal place. As we are the primary influencers upon our children, while the world might have us think otherwise, we even have recent statistics and research telling us the parents are still the primary and largest influence upon the faith walk of a child, uh, upon so many things that influence and impact their lives, their growing years, their very future. And uh, that sounds like a scary task, but we're, we certainly don't go it alone. And we are strengthened by, we operate solely in our Savior's strength. We are, we are absolutely um, led by His Word, and we are given so much, so many ways uh, to be encouraged in that way. But I, I start this chapter by really taking that step back that I think is in, um, just so important throughout this book is that we've, I first address it for the mom, mm-hmm. encouraging her in her faith walk, and her study of God's Word, that she is a woman growing in the Word, that she may then impart that and impress that upon her daughter. Because our children uh, learn what we teach them, they learn what they're witnessing by our walk. Uh, both are so important. So I really take that step to the side, if you will, at first, to really talk about God's Word being um, being on your heart as, again, right back to that Deuteronomy verse speaks first of the, of the word being on your heart so that you may impress it upon your children. Mm-hmm. I talk about it being God-breathed, the complete inspired word of God, the inerrant word of God, um, that it is the, uh, the final authority for our lives today, absolutely and completely relevant in 2016 as it was when each author penned it, um, by the authority of God and by um, by the Holy Spirit. Yes. So um, going there and then getting practical, mm-hmm. talking about what could daily devotion time look like in your home. Yes. How can you be intentional and diligent, looking for tools and resources that are helpful, that are age appropriate, that are relevant for your family? Something that'll work at this time. Encouraging the the mother as she reads this encouraging her over and over not to be legalistic about it and not to get down on herself because she hasn't kept up as she has hoped, but to just continue to strive toward that time of raising our children in the Word at home, mm-hmm. being intentional about scheduling a time that works best for your family, not giving up even as schedules change and as your children grow. And then I just get really personal in this chapter and share about my own family and the the, the things that we tried and used and and found worked for us during my children's growing up years. The encouragement that it's it's never too early or too late to start. Right. 
Maybe you're a parent who feels like you don't know the word well enough to impress it firmly upon your child. Well, guess what? You have the privilege and the joy of learning it together, Good. of taking it in side by side. Yes. I want to read one of those uh, specific suggestions. Um, and uh, I had written a note that on 50, page 58 you had a, a list of ideas. And here's one. Handwrite Bible verses and post them to the bathroom mirror. Tuck them on your princess pillow. Pack them into her lunch. Share bits of God's word in every place possible. Uh, think thematically. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good from Psalm 34, 8. On the pantry, a glad heart makes a cheerful voice, Proverbs 15. On a mirror, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you have a lot of other suggestions and ideas too. And I love that. I want to though go on and ask in at the end of each chapter, you have show and tell sections. Tell us why you have those and what people will find in that show and tell. Well, I wanted to wrap up every chapter with something, again, that feels very tangible, that feels hands-on. And I, in the introduction, I explain that, okay, you're going to find a show-and-tell section at the very end of every chapter. And I remind the reader of something they perhaps learned when they were growing up, when, when they were in elementary school. Perhaps they had what I had, which was show-and-tell time. You are showing and you are telling. And that goes back to something I alluded to earlier, that we have the opportunity to impress these truths upon our children, upon our little princesses, by the words that we say, that's the telling part, and by the way we live our lives, uh, what we model to them, and then what we are intentional about doing with them, for them, alongside them. That's the showing. We show and we tell. So using that word picture of show and tell, um, I give four to five suggestions numbered at the end of every chapter, and they are everything from suggestions on, um, you know, let's get right down into the business of how we're going to pray for our daughter about this particular topic. Or as, as in the case of this chapter, because this is about life and the Word at home, these are very practical suggestions for getting started. All right, we're almost out of time, so maybe just a, a little bit of a summary as we finish the program. Absolutely. Well, um, Kay, my prayer has been and continues to be that this book would be um, a very a grace-filled tool for moms. Um, it is centered on Christ, and um, our lives are centered on Christ. Our identity is found in Him, and I pray that this would be one that is, um, it is full of biblical guidance, I've tried to fill it also then with practical advice that flows out of that biblical guidance with relatable stories, um, tangible helps, topics that, um, that span from identity to beauty and self-perception to the influence of parents and media and their peers to topics like modesty and purity. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Again, my guest has been Deb Burma. Her book, Raising Godly Girls, make sure you call if you'd like to get your name put in the drawing for that book. And this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Connect with us through our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Thanks for listening. God bless your day.
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.